You are listening to New Life The Fort. We believe your vision will be expanded and your heart enlarged. If you are blessed by this message, write to info at newlifethefort.com. The Bible says that there is no other foundation than that which can be laid, and that is Jesus Christ. Without the foundation of Christ, nothing will stand. The Bible says that unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor will labor in vain. So we allow God to build his house here. And that's not just a physical house. We allow God to build each, up, each and every individual here today. Whether you're here in the cinema or downstairs in the fourth floor, our heart is that you get everything that God has made ready for you today. You know, you've heard about, I mean, we've talked about being full. We've talked about, you know, having the heart of the house. We've talked about being in love in the past couple of weeks. But all of it is really on the same vein because the foundation is Christ. Because without his love, you and I cannot be full. Without understanding, without receiving his love, you and I cannot be full. And if we're not full, we cannot be enlarged to the capacity that he wants for us so that he can be expressed through us. And the very heart of the Father is that he wants people to know that he loves them. The very heart of the Father, the very essence of the house of God is that he wants to be in the midst of us. Imagine that. In the midst of us as a person, and in the midst of us as a church. That's the heart of God, is that he wants us to be a part of something much bigger than ourselves. He wants us to be a part of his plan and his purpose. Now, David said this in Psalm 27, 4. He said, one thing I have desired of the Lord. Psalm 27, 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. God wants us to be able to come and ask. He's not saying, don't ask me. He wants us to ask. Not that God has forgotten his promises, but we are now being reminded of what he said to us. And we now place a demand on what he has spoken. Now, Pastor Alvin has been sharing this um, last couple, since, I think, Friday night of prayer and to the staff. But it just seems apt. You know that when Daniel, in the book of Daniel, Daniel had been reading the scriptures. And he's discovered that, that um, Israel had been captive for X amount of years. And then he saw in the word that it was coming to an end. And what did he do? He began to pray in accordance to the word that, Lord, you said this is coming to an end, so so be it. He began to inquire. He began to say, Lord, if this is what you said, this is what we want to happen. You have David saying that his desire, his one desire is to find himself in the presence of the Lord all the days of his life. That didn't mean that he was going to be lazy. But finding yourself in the presence of the Lord spurs you into action. It compels you. It moves you. A passion for Jesus will give you a compassion for people. A desire for more of Jesus will put a desire to see people free. 
People healed. People made whole. People complete. And God doing it through you. Turn to your neighbor and say, she's talking about me. I'll ask you again. Do it. Everyone, turn to your neighbor. This is a declaration of faith. She's talking about me. You may not feel that you're qualified, but your qualification does not come from, God, from man. It comes from God. In Christ, he's already qualified you. In Christ, he already says, you have been made fit for what I have in store. And he has put you in the right place at the right time so that you will find yourself doing the right thing with the right people who have the right heart. He has tailor fit you to be born in this time so that you would meet the people to your left, to your right, to your front, and to your back. As good looking as they are. Some people agree, some others don't. It's okay. Because hopefully the person beside you agrees with that even if you don't. But God has put us in a place for, with a perfect fit. In 1 Corinthians 12, 18, Amplified, it says this, But as it is, God has placed and arranged the limbs and organs in the body, each particular one of them, just as he wished and saw fit and with the best adaptation. What does it mean to be the best adaptation? It means that you are suited for a particular purpose. The Bible says that we are a peculiar people because we're not like the world. We are in the world. We may look, quote unquote, like everyone else, but we don't speak the way they speak and we don't act the way they act. We find ourselves speaking what God speaks and we find ourselves acting the way he would on the earth. We don't have to keep asking God, Lord, what would you do in this situation? You know why I say that? Because the Bible says that those that are called sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. He is constantly leading you. If he leads you in a particular direction, then he is there to show you what needs to be done. Sometimes you're like, Lord, what do we need, what do we need to do here? What do we need to say? He will put the words in your mouth. He will be the one to do it. He will be the one to help you reach out. But there's a desire to be able to do that with him. God is all the while effectually at work in you, creating in you the desire and the will so that you would be able to do it and you'd want to do it. And what are we doing? All the good works that he planned or prearranged beforehand for us to walk in. That's all that he's done, what he's wanted for us. And it tells us that he has put us, each particular one of them, each and every one of you is very special in the eyes of God. Each and every one of you has a different assignment than what we have. But you see, all of us together cause people to see Jesus. All of us together. God is building a house the Bible says a spiritual house so that people can come in and see who he is. I mean, we've talked about the tabernacle. In the tabernacle, only the high priest could enter the holy of holies. And even then, he had to be spotless. He had to be blameless. He, had, he could not have thought of anything else 
but God. Because if another thought came by that was not, quote unquote, godly, and then they had to pull him out. But we have access. And you know who gave us the access? He did. When Jesus died on the cross, the temple curtains were torn. Because God so wanted to be amongst the people. More than us being able to enter in, he says, here I am. Here I am. Come on in. And he shows us what it means to love. He shows us what true love is. Without us understanding his love, we can never love other people. We were talking about that last week, about being in love. Being in love is not a feeling. Being in love is a position. It's a being positioned in his love to be able to love as he loves and do as he does. That's what he was doing, but it's for a purpose. Jesus said this, I will build my church. But it wasn't just to build his church. What happens, what is said after that? Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. It means that what he is building is greater than anything that is happening on the outside. In 1 John, it says that the greater one lives on the inside of us. The greater one. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And Jesus is building a strong and mighty church. That nothing can prevail against it. Nothing can stand in its way. Nothing can overcome it. Because he already overcame. And he's given that victory to you and me. See, we need to begin to see that because once we begin to just receive it, we begin to love and see things the way he loves and sees things. And like I said at the very beginning, it now causes us to move. We not only begin to have the heart of the house, understanding the heart of the house, but now we have a heart for the house. See, you can have the heart of a house and not do anything about it. But God doesn't want us to just sit there and do nothing. What did Paul say? The grace of God that was given to him caused him to labor more abundantly than them all. Who is he talking about? All the other disciples and the apostles. The grace that was upon him caused him to be able to do more than they could ever do. Or not could ever do. They just had a choice to do it. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I can say he labored. He wrote letters to different churches. He went places. The man was stoned. The man was shipped. And when I say stoned, I'm not talking about drugs. I'm just saying. Okay? He was brought before, before the courts. He was thrown in jail. I mean, you name it, Paul probably went through it. You know, I mean, he was shipwrecked three times. When he was stoned, it wasn't only once. And when people stone you, they stone you to death. They just don't pick up a little stone and throw it at you and go, okay. No. They, they throw the stones until you're dead. So what am I saying about Paul? I'm saying this. I believe he got up, brushed himself off, because the, love, the life of God on the inside of him was greater. The Bible also talks about that he had fellow believers come and surround him 
What were they doing? They were speaking life to him. His race was not yet done. But he had such a heart for, for what God wanted. A heart for the house. He began to write letters to the different quote-unquote houses, the local churches. You see it in Colossians. You see it in Galatians. You see it in Philippians. You see it when he's talking about the Macedonians, the Romans, the Corinthians. Paul is writing to local churches. Because all of us, all the believers in the world, cannot come under one roof. We can't. We wouldn't be able to fit. Even Well, you know, praise God for technology. That might be possible. But even then, how much technology would have to be in a room to be able for, to, for all of us to be seen, for all of us to be heard? God puts us in local environments so that we can grow. You know, last week, I don't, well, Pastor Alvin was uh, speaking in this particular service, but I said this about Adam and Eve. I believe that, Ad, that God was teaching Adam how to love when he created Eve. Because, see, Adam had no reference apart from being loved by God. How could he be able to love the way God loves if he didn't have somebody just like him to do it? See, when God created Adam, the Bible says that he created Adam in his image and his likeness. So God had to create someone who was just like Adam so that Adam could love that person the way he was receiving love from God. Every local church is an expression of God's love for the world. For us in the BGC area, Tagig area, we are the expression of God to them. They may not even know it yet. But everybody's looking to be loved. And we have such a heart for the house that we're willing to step in and do what needs to be done. Now, I don't know if it was in this service, maybe a couple of weeks ago, but I remember issuing a challenge. The challenge was this, and I issue it again. I believe that God's stirring up your hearts, some of you, maybe not everybody. Some, some of you are being stirred up to do more here in New Life the Fort. You may not know what that is. We have workers here. They're volunteers. We don't pay them to be here. They want to be here. Some stay until six services. That's not part of the requirement. If you want to do one, then you do one. You commit to doing one. But most want to stay here the entire day. Why? Because they're receiving something that gives them life for the week ahead. And not only are they receiving something, but they are able to impart and give out and pour into you. For those of you that are sitting there, for those of you that walk through the doors, God bless the ushers and the greeters. I mean, I'm not pointing any fingers and I'm not going to look at anyone, but how many of you came in Masungit? You know? They say, good morning, and you just look at them. What's good about it? And walk in. You know, or even, again, I'm not looking at anyone, that when we lead you to a seat, it's just there for order. We're putting you there for order. It's not, we're not putting you there because we don't like you. And some people get pissed off because that's not my seat. I don't sit there all the time. Well, if you would like us to put your name on it, please give it to us before the service. 
But as far as we're concerned, there are no names written on those things. According to Pastor Alvin, if you'd like your name put on it, it is for a fee. It will go towards build his house. Oh, you know what? That's a good idea. If you would like your own chair in our new sanctuary, then come and see us later, and maybe we can put your name there, donated by, and can only be sat by. So and so. So if that's you, please come and see us later. But you see, it's not, they're not doing it because they have to. Can you imagine? After one person being it, or week after week, people are being it to you. It's not easy to smile. It's not. You know, even for the power boys and the people that set up here, you don't get to see them. But it doesn't make them any less important. They have a heart for the house. Because they want whatever God has for you to be received by you. Everything that gets set up here is for your benefit. We're in a mall. It's easily accessible. Praise God. But like we've said before, this is getting too small for us. You know why? Because you're getting bigger on the inside. And as you're getting bigger on the inside, these walls cannot contain what God wants to do in you, through you, and for you. And as you get bigger on the inside, what's happening? Love is growing and love is now beginning to compel you, to move you, to let you begin to speak out and say, you know what? Jesus Christ died for you too. He was a man. He came as a man, just like you and me. He showed us what life was like and how it can be lived, anointed by God. But he was the one who became our substitute. He was the one that became sin so that we could become righteous. He was the one that did it. And when you have that on the inside, the heart for the house, the heart to be able to say, come on in, come in, come in. God is just calling you into this place. Come and receive. Receive what you have need of. Receive the health, the wholeness, the provision, the peace, the encouragement, the confidence, whatever you need. Come in. You know, this place is supposed to be a house of health. The church is supposed to be a place, a house of health. It's supposed to be a place of refuge. It's a place where you can draw strength. The church, the church is not meant to come against one another and say what hateful things. We're supposed to speak life. We're supposed to speak love. We can't change people. Let me tell you now, I'll make your life easier. It is not your job to change people. Your job is to simply preach, speak, talk about Jesus so that people have an encounter with the real deal. Not what people think about him, what people read about him. No, they experience the real person. I mean, what did David say? He wants to dwell in the house of the Lord forever so that he can look upon his beauty. You know, looking at his beauty doesn't make us ugly. It doesn't draw attention to our imperfections. Gazing upon his beauty causes us to be transformed and to be changed. It causes us to become more like him. 
It causes us to see his perfection and know, thank you, Lord, that despite my perfection, imperfections in Christ, you see me perfect. And having a heart for a house, for this house, for New Life the Fort, because this is where God has placed us. It's going to cause you to want to be a part of something more. How many of you own or rent a house? You live somewhere. Okay, everyone should raise their hand. If you don't, please come and see us. We will try and help you find a home. But everybody should have a place to live. Now, in that place to live, do you like to take care of it? Okay, maybe only the front row. Everyone else? Yes. Do you like a dirty home? No, you don't. Do you like a house that is totally disorganized? No, you don't. You want to go in and take care of it. Especially when guests come, everybody goes crazy. When guests come, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my gosh, go into high gear, quick, fix things. This happens in our house. And it's Pastor Alvin. I'm generally the more calm one. But at that point, if he knows someone's coming, he goes, tell them to come at this time. We're not ready yet. And I'm like, chill. Chill. Because I'm more like, this is my organized mess here. Don't touch it. And Pastor Alvin goes, that's a mess. It's not organized. It's a mess. It needs to be fixed. He's like that at home, but I'm like that in church. We're a good balance. But you don't want people to see a messy house. You don't. You want people to come and, you know, this is what Pastor Alvin said, and I have to agree with him. If you've come from a very long day and you come into a messy house, you get stressed. Yes? I mean, sometimes, this used to happen, when we would be preparing to preach, Pastor Alvin could not prepare at all until things were organized. He would clean and make sure things were set in the right place before he even sat down to study. Because if he looked up and saw something a little off, then it was like, I can't concentrate. I have to focus on that. Me, on the other hand, oh, let it be, let it be. doesn't bother me. I'll get to it later. That is not true. He said before Jesus comes. I have my moments of inspiration. Don't get in my way. I will clean. Okay. Now, one of the things I really like to clean, which is strange, I like to clean the bathroom. I hate a messy bathroom. One of my pet peeves is a wet, dirty, smelly bathroom. Really. So I'm letting you all know, when we have our own space, please do not spill water on the floor. Make sure that the seats are clean. Do not leave anything behind. Flush the toilet. Wash your hands properly. Throw the trash in the trash can. Okay? I'm already telling you now, so I don't have to remind you later. There will be signs everywhere to do that. But we like things in order. Having a heart for the house means you want things in order. Because when things are order, in order, then God can come in smoothly. Not that God can't. He can. He can change a service. But God is a God of order. He has things set. And the very heart of God that he expresses to us, now we begin to express outwardly, even in our doings. In New Life, the Fort, we like order. We do. Thank you, Pastor Alvin.
The other workers, I'm expecting. Let's try that again. We like order. Amen. Good job. Good job. Okay. You know what? If there was no order, forget the ushers. Everybody can try and run in and try and grab a seat. You can fight for it. Is that fun? Is that going to put you in the mood to receive from God? No. So that's why there's order. We lead you to the chairs so that you can sit quietly, peacefully. You're not fighting with somebody for that chair. You all have a seat. Is there anyone who does not have a seat? Okay, because you're all sitting down. Good. So you're not having to fight with anyone. We're, al- we're helping create the atmosphere for God to do what he wants to do. For, for what God needs to do in this place to bring to you what he's promised and he's prepared. So we have this heart for what he wants. So it causes us to step out. It causes us to step out to be praise and, part of praise and worship. Now let me tell you, everybody wants to be part of praise and worship. Generally, if people wanted to become a worker in this church, it was because they wanted to be part of praise and worship. You know Why? Because they're visible. They are on the platform. You see them. That's what I want to be. But do you play an instrument or do you sing? Because if you don't, that is not the ministry for you. Because I can tell you now, if you do not sing at all, unless it's in the shower, but even then, if you don't sing and you don't play a musical instrument, it's just not there, then we will say, there is a place for you, but this is not the ministry for you. You know, the heart, of a, the heart for the house gets developed. It gets developed as you spend more and more time in the presence of God. Now, some people, when they come into the church, they want to serve right away. And that's great, but we don't want people to serve right away. Because a lot of times, we need a change in our thinking first. Because we think that if we serve, God will love us more. If we serve, then you know what? God will answer my prayers more than he will answer yours. It becomes works. Service in this house is not works. It's not dead works. It's not us trying to achieve or earn God's favor or his pleasure. He's already pleased with you as you sit right there. But our service all of a sudden comes out as we are receiving his amazing grace. As we're receiving his love for us, we just feel this, I just, I need to step out. Now, I can tell you the workers are not perfect. They're not, praise God. We're not perfect. No, I'm not, but thank you for saying so. We're not perfect. But no church is perfect. No church is perfect. If you're looking for a perfect church, then you being here just made it imperfect. Just saying. But no church is perfect. But this is what we do know, that God loves us despite the imperfection. And he has put us all together so that he does, we're, we don't see our flaws, we see his beauty. See, there is something that happens when people dwell together, the Bible says, in unity. 
Now, I was thinking about that because a lot of times when I used to think about that scripture, I was just thinking about the whole body of Christ. And it's true. There's amazing things that can happen when the whole body of Christ, despite doctrine and denomination, come together in unity. That's why the Jesus Festival is such a big deal for us. And you know what? Our workers are the ones that serve there too. And praise God, we have Sunday service the next day. So we're there the whole day serving, and then we come in on, a sur- uh, on Sunday, and we're like energized for more. That's right. Come on, workers. Okay. Now, some of you are like, why do you keep saying the workers? Because the challenge is this. One day, very soon, you will find yourself stepping out to be a worker in this church. I don't know how very soon is. Could be in a month. Could be in a week. Could be halfway through the year. But there are a lot of you that are, have been having this stirring, and you don't know what to do with it. Take the first step. And the first step is this. If you've never taken Zoe, take Zoe class. If you've already taken Zoe, go sign up to be part of the Volunteers Immersion Program. That's just a step. It's not a big deal. But it's you saying, I'm going to step out into what God, I feel that God is telling me to do. Because what's happening You are not only beginning to have the heart of the house. You're not only beginning to see the way God sees and love the way God loves, but now you are being spurred into action to be able to do what he does. See, God will use you in this place. We say this to the ushers and the greeters. Your smile could change somebody's day. Your touch or your handshake could bring life into someone. And I don't know, you know, when you go to like, um, I think it was Jollibee or McDonald's, somebody says, ask for a smile or order a smile or something. If you're having a bad day and somebody smiles at you, you're like, but then you start, starts twitching. You just kind of go, mm. But there's something that happens when you smile at someone. It's contagious. But see, that's what life in Christ is like. It's contagious. It's, it's, it's infectious. You know, during Jesus Fest Baguio, North Luzon, Pastor Paul had been saying this when he was speaking, and it really resounded in my heart. I think about it all the time. That life needs to be flowing from our every word, our every look, and our every touch. That anytime we look at somebody, life begins to flow. When we begin to speak, the words that we, that we begin to speak out have a creative ability to build a person up and put them in position to receive from God. The words we speak also have the ability to tear down those old mindsets so that there's nothing that will hinder you from receiving. And our touch can bring healing. You know, being sick is a form, it leads to death. Death and life cannot coexist in the same place. And the very life of Christ, his life is greater. So when we come into a place, you need to know who's on the inside of you. Even for the musicians and for the singers, every note they play, we declare that. There is an anointing in it to to break yokes and remove burdens. Even for the singers, that they begin to speak words beyond the, the lyrics. 
We even tell them this. The lyrics that they speak are actually a preaching in itself. They're declaring who God is. They're declaring what he has done. They declare who you are in him. Every aspect of what happens in this church is to point to Jesus. It's to point to Jesus. We have life groups, a smaller setting, so that you know that you belong. You're not just part of the crowd. But you're part of something bigger. You're important. The Bible says that every joint supplies. Every joint. Not just Pastor Alvin and myself, not just Jack, but everyone. The people seated beside you have a supply that you need. And unless you step out, you'll never know. The question will always be, I don't think I have anything. Yes, you do. You have Jesus, and he is more than enough. But having Jesus also moves you into compassion. It moved Jesus himself. Jesus was filled with compassion when he saw people. He didn't want people to stay the same way. We allow people to come as they are. Come, everyone is welcome in this place. Come as you are. But we also believe this, that they will leave as he is. They will leave as he is. And how is Jesus? Beautiful, blameless, faultless, perfect, healthy, strong, peace. You know, anything you need is found in Christ. And because we are his body, we need to be able to speak and act as he would. He's guiding us. He's leading us. He's even bringing you to the people that you, I mean, you may look at someone and go, you know, there's just something, this, this tug on my heart. I, I need to ask them how they're doing. You may, it's a total stranger, but what is God doing? He's giving, your, you, giving you an opportunity to express his heart to that one. Because maybe that person just needed someone to listen to them. Maybe that person just needed a hug. Woman to woman, man to man, unless you're married. To each other, okay? Just making sure we, that's clear. Okay? But there is, there is such a heart for the things of God. And because there's order, the things of God will flow in this place how he wants it to flow. Praise God for media, because media gets the message out. It allows other people to receive what you're receiving here as you come and you sit and you hear. You know, there are many people that have been touched by our podcasts, by our short videos, but that has nothing to do with us. We're just the messenger. It's the message that people need to hear and see. So my prayer for you, as I'm ending, is this. My prayer for you is that God begin to develop a heart for his house. That you begin to see your place in this local church. That you begin to take ownership. That if you see something that's maybe disorganized or, or something that doesn't seem right... You just don't go, oh, well, somebody will take care of it. No, you step on in and say, let me take care of it. 
I pray that you just continue to see Jesus in all his beauty. That this is a safe place for you to come and to learn. So that the gifts on the inside of you can be expressed. They can be unwrapped. And that you begin to walk in your destiny. And the call that God has placed upon your life. That you find him on a daily basis leading you to where it will be to your most advantage. As you set your heart for the things of him, of his house, that you begin to step out for him. He doesn't need you to do things for him. But out of a response to what you have received, you just want to. Because you want others to, to receive what you have. I just pray that over you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, to close your eyes. If you're here today, whether you're here in the cinema or downstairs at the fourth floor, you could be here for the first time because you're a visitor, somebody brought you in, you walked in, or you've been coming, but you've never received Jesus into your heart. God is not after what you can give to him. He is relentlessly pursuing you because he has himself to give to you. And he wants you to be so full of him that whatever you decide to do for him, comes out of that fullness of that relationship so if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior but you want to you want to be full of him you want all that he is he's not far from you and never will be you can never be separated from him if that's you on the count of three I'm going to ask you to quickly raise your hand one Two, three. Thank you for raising your hand. Anyone else? Thank you for your hands. You can just put it down, and we're going to pray together. I believe there are also people on the fourth floor. So you repeat this after me. Because when you speak it out, you speak it because you believe it. And the congregation is going to pray with you. Jesus, I thank you that today... You have changed my heart from a heart of stone that could not receive from you to a heart of flesh that now wants all of you. As you come in, into my heart, I say, do what you want to do. Change me the way you see who I am. And cause me to be all that you are. I thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com. Thank you.